Hey, thanks for the download. Uh, hope you enjoy this interview with Gray Buck of his 2017 BFL win on This episode is brought to you by Spro Baits, Pro Designed, and Success on New York State Waters. Look for Spro Baits in your local tackle realtor or online at spro.com now here is the interview all right uh hi great buck uh thanks for joining us and uh, congratulations on the recent win from uh the bfl on oneida lake uh i was hoping that you'd be able to give us a little bit of background about yourself hi thanks for having me um so i started off fishing in when I was younger with my grandfather and then I got into the bass fishing when I was like 15 and that was when I joined my first club um, back home in Pennsylvania it was called Peace Valley Bass Anglers and from there I was just kind of bouncing around whoever would take me out in their boat fishing as a co-angler going to usually the Chesapeake Bay Lake Oneida would be up into New York um, fishing smaller lakes and Lake Greenwood and uh, Lake Walpaw back and such. And from there, I went to Penn State where they had a college fishing team. And mm-hmm. I fished there for three years on, um, at the University Park campus. And we had some success there. Um, actually, my fiance now used to fish as my uh, partner there. And at Lake Champlain, we came in second place um, with one of the FLW events which qualified us for one of the regionals down in Virginia. After I graduated uh, from Penn State, I was an environmental resource management major, and I went on to work for a pond and lake management company called Aqualink. It was in Doylestown, Pennsylvania. I did that for three years, and during that, I would fish for the uh, TBF and the Bass Nation, and I started fishing the BFLs mostly yeah. after that. So it was kind of just, I was fishing the grassroots sort of uh, tournaments. Just, I knew I loved doing it and I was just kind of working my way through it and I was having success. I won the Pennsylvania uh, Bass Nation State Championship the one year, and I think it was 2014. And then I had a couple uh, BFL wins too. I won it the Thousand Islands one year and the Potomac River. I won the regional which was what really yeah. kind of propelled my fishing career because it was a good chunk of change you won, and they gave you a ranger boat that I sold. Um, so that was what kind of gave me the back backing to really go start fishing the Costas, which I did last year. And I ended up finishing sixth in the points and qualifying for the FLW Tour this year. Awesome, awesome. Well, yeah, yeah I was looking at your history there, and that, that's a, uh, really impressive. It's always interesting to see – some guys just have, you know, success right out of the gate, and it definitely seems like you fit into that category. And, you know, some other guys will put in a little bit more time at the grassroots, and I always wonder kind of what makes that click. And um, I don't know, do you have any, uh, you know, how, what do you attribute the early success that you had, it seems like? Um, or is that just a perception? Is it is it more that you had all the the, the, the club level and you just, kind of put it all together at the right Yeah, time. I think it was a lot of I kind of worked my way through it. Working my way up, I think, at the lower level and kind of when I would start doing decent at the next level up, I would kind of just jump up to the next mm. level and 
I wasn't trying to rush anything. I wasn't looking to go become a professional right out of college. Like I didn't honestly didn't even think that was really a opportunity this soon. <laughs> I was hoping long term yeah. it would be happen, but um, I, in college yeah, no, we had some decent tournaments, but we never were one of the uh, schools that lit everything up, and you kind of we weren't a Jordan Lee right. of the fast uh, fishing <laughs> world. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, cool. Um, so obviously then for the BFL, uh, I know you, you had success in the Costa the previous year, it looked like, on Oneida. So you had a little bit of experience fishing there um, previously. How'd you find the fish uh, this time around? Okay. So Lake Oneida is probably, honestly, the lake I know the best out of anywhere I fish. Um, I've had a bunch of big tournaments there. I fished the Costa last year, like you said. I fished two opens there now. And in my club, growing up, we fished there a lot, too. So even if it's gotcha. three and a half hours away from me, it's probably the place I'm most comfortable to go to. Um, this time, the conditions kind of laid out. Um, in practice, it was super windy. I came up for just Friday to practice. Um, I had been there two weeks previously for that um, lake or the uh, Bass Open there. Gotcha. So I kind of had a general idea what I thought they'd be doing, and I didn't want to take too much time going up there, so I just went and launched, and it was blowing on Friday. It was probably two footers blowing right into the ramp there to Night of Shores. Yep, so I yep. went out and fished probably three hours, just kind of around the ramp, bouncing around, like uh, I guess west of the islands there. And I actually mm-hmm. put it on the ramp and or put my boat back on at the ramp there and drove down to the Bridgeport. Yeah. Uh, Got there so I could go check some stuff out down that way because it was just – I didn't want to go beat myself up out there that day. Gotcha. Um, I didn't really go look much at the spot that I planned on fishing. I was just trying to see if I could find anything else from okay. besides that open. And honestly, in practice, we, I caught one fish that was probably three pounds, and then my fiancé was with me, and she caught one that was like – Three and a half. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> we, so, I, didn't have, I didn't have real high expectations going into the tournament, honestly. Gotcha, gotcha. A l- l- lot of bit of history and, uh, you know, kind of relying on the instincts of the day there, it sounds like. Yeah, um, and that, I think I fish my best that way is when I'm kind of just going, living by the moment and fishing with my guts telling me. And yeah. It seems like yeah, no, things that, come together better for you that way. Yeah, it's interesting how that, yeah, I mean, everyone always says that, and, um, you know, but actually put it into practice or, you know, actually, you know, just trying not to rely on where you caught in the past seems pretty difficult, so. Um, yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, so then what, uh, what did you end up, how did you, how did you end up catching them, I guess? Let's just I ended up like catching that. them, I was drop shotting, um, I was throwing it on a Dobbins rod, it was a 702 uh, Champion Extreme. That's one of their uh, medium light versions of that rod. Uh, they also have a champion that's a 702 that's a medium, but those are the two that I always use. Uh, Lake Ontario, I tend to use that heavier rod, uh, just because gotcha. the fish are bigger. And then at yeah. a night, I like that champion extreme there. But I was drop shotting uh, the Gary Yamamoto's uh, shot shape worm. There's a green pumpkin. And I was basically just looking for areas that had a mix of grass and rock because I think they were feeding between the crayfish and perch. I think I was catching more of the ones that were eating perch because when I was reeling them in, you would see them blowing out a bunch of bait. Gotcha. All right, cool. Now, uh, any um, 
particular did you go through any different colors or any you know it's just kind of that's your standard uh standard drop shot base standard drop shot color on that lake and um you know any how'd you how'd you end up land on that setup i guess um it's just typically like i like to use up there kind of experiences showing me that that thing catches them basically wherever you go that has smallmouth just curious then some people get real particular about colors and um yeah i was just kind of curious on your uh your outlook there so yeah i'm very simple when it comes to colors i got a green pumpkin one i got a shad colored one and then usually a watermelon and i kind of just <laughs> rotate between the three otherwise i end up with five thousand different lures in my box and i have too many options then gotcha and uh so throughout the day i mean uh any adjustments did you find them pretty much right where you started and kind of rotated through a couple areas or, or anything yeah like i had four or five places i had to fish um i kind of just kept rotating through them i hit each of them two times and i think the most fish i called off any spot was two at a time um i only caught eight fish that day but they were just oh, there. more of the quality you were looking for i was fishing gotcha. for more of those fish that are kind of I don't want to say as loners, but they're kind of more on their own than the big schools where you catch a lot of two to two and a halves. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, um, cool. Anything else uh, about the day that you thought was uh, interesting or uh, worth sharing? Um, I think the biggest deal there was just making sure you had contact with that rock when you were fishing around the grass. Uh, I used an EcoPro tungsten full contact drop shot weight and a quarter ounce. Even with it being pretty flat out there, um, in the afternoon, it was rough in the morning, so you had to have that little bit of weight to actually get down there and make sure you were banging that rock. If you weren't touching that rock, it didn't seem like you got bit, so I think that was probably my biggest key of the day out right. there. Cool, thanks. Um, so I have a couple just uh, kind of random questions. What was the worst fishing advice that you ever received? Ooh, that's <laughs> a good one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm still not sure if this guy was joking. It was years ago at one of our club <laughs> Christmas parties, and he was uh-huh. shortly after that Alabama rig came out, and yeah. the guy was trying to tell me he was throwing five lipless crankbaits on it at once, <laughs> and I was hounding him about how it would just get tangled up, and he claimed that was the best thing in the world, but I <laughs> I still don't know if he was messing with me or not, but <laughs> I've never tried it. I can tell you that much. All right. No, that, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, <laughs> and then... Uh, any any what's your best what's your best advice for you know guys fishing for bass in New York? Um, I would say it's hard to beat a tube up there. No matter what time of the yeah. year it is, if you have a three and a half inch green pumpkin tube, you can catch them all anywhere in the state on it. You go to Champlain, Oneida, Thousand Islands, Cayuga. It doesn't matter where you're at. That thing flat out catches them. Cool, cool. All right. Well, uh, congrats. On the win, and uh, good luck, you know, going forward and on the on the tour there. Uh, do you have any any final words for uh, for us? No, just thanks for having me, and if you ever want to do it again, let me know. I appreciate it. Have a good one. All right, you too. See you later, John. This interview is also brought to us by Baby Bass ABCs. This is a ABC children's book dedicated specifically to bass fishing. Uh, fully illustrated, full color. It's available on Amazon.com. Perfect gift for a tournament angler with young children or something just to share with your grandkids. Find it on Amazon.com, searching Baby Bass ABC, or follow us on Facebook at Baby Bass Books on Facebook.
was our interview with Gray Buck. Um, obviously, some people just make it seem easier than it really is, but he did keep it simple. Talked about the shad-shaped worm, which is a recurring theme up on New York State bodies of water. So be interesting to see if he has continued success in New York over the next few years. As always, thanks for listening. You'll find a lot more information about New York State bodies of water, uh, past tournament results, aggregated tournament data, links to tournament coverage, current lake conditions, etc. Go to EmpireStateBass.com to find that information on our local bodies of water here in New York. You can also follow us on Facebook at Empire State Bass on Facebook. If you like what you heard on the podcast, love to do more. Best way to help us do that is to subscribe, hit like on the Facebook page, or um, leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks.